respect for the Word of God, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. And if you have your uh, Bible, if you would turn to Genesis 41. If you're visiting with us today, we've been going through this series that goes along with our theme, It Is Well. And uh, today's message is, It Is Well in Waiting. It Is Well in Waiting. And we have a couple of verses from Psalm 37 and Psalm 27. They're there in your outline Hopefully you receive one of those on your way in. You can follow along that way. Uh, let me say before I get started, if you are here and, and you are a, a couple, uh, I wanted to invite you to our uh, couples class on Sunday morning, but if you're uh, attending another class or not able to come, if you're interested in listening to those, those lessons that are being taught on Sunday morning, they're on our website. Today I actually taught on something that kind of rings true with our message this morning about our, our dependence on God. I uh, think about Joseph. Joseph was in prison. There was nothing anyone could do. He just had to depend on the Lord. And if you're interested in, as a couple, as a husband and wife, listening to uh, some lessons that would help you in your marriage, uh, they're, they're available if you'd like to listen in. And then I also wanted to invite you back this evening, our six o'clock service which is a different service from this morning. I've been going through the latter chapters from chapter 12 to 16 in the book of Romans on Sunday night. And uh, it's, it's, it's actually just entitled Practical Christianity because once we know what we believe, then how do we live out our beliefs? And we got into Romans chapter number 12 and we talked about Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 how that as believers to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our, our minds and our bodies are important. And that's what we talked about, the, the, the fact of the believer. And then we talked last night about the body of Christ and how we're all members, there are many members, but one, one body. And so this evening, we're going to pick that up in the latter verses of chapter number 12, where we're going to talk about the brethren. What should our attitude be toward each other. Because, it, listen, if we're right with God, we'll be right with each other. And so let me encourage you to come back this evening, very practical, because it's God's Word, but I love the teaching, especially the latter part of the book of Romans. We're going to get back into that this evening at six o'clock. But this morning, it is well in waiting out of Genesis chapter 41, and we'll be there in just a minute. But if you think about this matter of waiting, look what the Bible says in your notes there, Psalm 37, 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Anybody patient in waiting? Uh, I guess I'm not the only one. The Bible says, fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Psalm 27 also says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. God says, look, even while you wait, it is well. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, for the word of God. Pray that you'd help me to say only that what you once said. And I pray that it would fall on listening ears and open hearts. Do your work as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. I look at these verses and I think of Joseph. The Bible has taught us in these last couple of weeks how Joseph was suffering in an Egyptian 
prison, much like maybe this picture that you see. I really didn't have a picture to go back to, but Joseph in this dark, solitary place found himself, and and what was he doing there? Well, he, he was placed there not because he had broken any laws. He was placed there, honestly, in his life. He had done the right thing, and Joseph, as we've already looked at, and we'll see in the days ahead, Joseph has honored the Lord with his life, and yet he was there because uh, Potiphar's wife wanted him to lay with her, and we remember how we studied that, how Joseph refused. He got out of there. He even left his coat and said, look, I, I, I don't belong here. In other words, everywhere we see Joseph, we see one thing. Joseph is being faithful to God. I'm glad for the testimony of Joseph. And Joseph now finds himself in this prison. And while he's there, you remember how we we read in the scriptures how that he was there with a butler and a baker. Remember that? And how those two men, while they were there in prison with Joseph, that both of them dreamed a dream. And remember how they shared that dream with Joseph. And Joseph told him, he says, look, uh, he says, look, I can't help you, but, but I know someone who can. And I, I'll tell you this morning, I can't help you with whatever's going on in your life, but I know the same person Joseph knows, and that is the Lord. God is faithful to us. God can help us in any situation. And so here is Joseph in today's passage. In Genesis 41, what is he doing? He's waiting for a visit from the outside. Remember, he had interpreted the dream of the chief butler and how that he asked the chief butler, he says, now listen, can I ask you a favor? Now that I've helped you, now that I've helped you understand what your dream was all about, what God was really trying to get you to see, now that you're on the outside, when you get out there, remember me. Don't forget about me. Well, remember what he did? He forgot, didn't he? Many times we forget I love, I love to see people who don't forget where they came from. I have no use for a, for a sports athlete that won't sign some autographs of little bitty five, six, seven, eight, ten-year-old little boys that just want their autograph. They've forgotten where they came from. All of a sudden, they get to the bigs, and, and listen, it's all about them instead of all about him. Here Joseph was in a prison, and he hadn't forgotten about God. As a matter of fact, God's presence was there with him, and Joseph asked the butler, he says, look, can you help me when you get out? Can you help me to get out of here? Well, when the butler was released, he forgot all about Joseph, and that brings us to Genesis chapter number 41, because in this chapter, we actually see Joseph being released from this prison. He is promoted to the palace, and we're going to see that as Joseph is there, listen, it wasn't the butler, and it wasn't Pharaoh, it was the unseen hand of God. A lot of times, you ever see clouds and think you see little figures in the clouds? I saw this picture of a cloud, doesn't it look like a big hand coming down? I've seen God working in my life in so many ways and in so many times that I can't explain it other other than any way that, that it was God that brought that about. And I hope that you can testify today of the same. 
that God has been working in your life even when you didn't know God was working in your life. And it's good to see that with the natural eye that we may not see it, but with the spiritual eye, to know that God is always working on our behalf. And what the Lord did for Joseph, look, no one else could do it for Joseph. And what what you need in your life today, no one can do, but God can. The unseen hand of God. And look, God knows where you are today. God, look, in, in God's timing, God knows how to bring us out of the prisons in our lives. God will bring us from the prison that we're in to someday the palace like Joseph. Now, may not be a physical palace, but I'll tell you what, how many of you could testify today that God's been good? See, if your hand's up this morning, then you're in the palace. God has been working in your life. God has been blessing. And I want you to see three aspects of this change in Joseph's life. Where Joseph, yes, found himself in prison for the wrong reasons. Not anything he did, but what others had done. But remember, God was working in Joseph's behalf and in God's timing. God would deliver him. Notice, first of all, Joseph and providence. The word providence is actually two words, pro-video, to see beforehand. And you know, we can't see tomorrow, can we? We don't know what's going to happen in our lives, but God already knows what's going to happen. He knows our tomorrows. It may have looked in this portion of scripture in the previous chapters like that God may have forgotten about Joseph and, and, and forsaken him. But the truth is God was working to accomplish his eternal purposes and he uses some events to bring about his, his release from prison. Notice, first of, all, it, it, first of all, I see here providential delays in Joseph's life. Look what it says in Genesis 41, beginning in verse number one, just this beginning phrase. And it came to pass at the end of how many years? Two full years. Joseph is in this prison. He had waited two full years. I mean, the Bible only tells us here that he had been there two full years. This was after the time that the butler was released, but we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us how long he was there before those events, but he was there at least two full years. And in those long two years, that time just seemed to go by so very slowly. What was God teaching Joseph? Patience. God was teaching Joseph to wait on him, to trust him, to depend on him. God taught Joseph to wait and to trust in him despite the circumstances that he was in. I'll tell you, uh, you know, when it comes to going to the doctor or the hospital, they rightfully named those rooms waiting rooms. I mean, you go in there, my wife went to get some blood drawn a couple weeks ago and she had, you know, a lot of times some of these places you can, you can make an appointment. And so she had a time that she was supposed to go in and they would take her in and draw her blood for a test. And she went in there and she said, I looked up, you know how they have the boards with all the people's names? Those boards are not encouraging when your name's like on the third or fourth screen, you know? And she said, I looked up and I was looking for my name and it wasn't even there. And then she said, it finally appeared. And she thought, wait a minute, my name is way down the list. And I had an appointment at, at such and such a time. And she thought, 
I'm going to be here for a long time. And she said, I sat down and I was just sitting there and, 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 you know, I mean, I would have probably gone up to the counter and said, hey, look, I had an appointment. I mean, I am not a patient person. I, I would have said, look, you got to get me in. You know, I, I try to do things the way they were, and, but not my wife. No, my wife, she'll sit down, you know, she'll just sit there patiently. Sometimes it aggravates me she's so patient. <laughs> and she, she's sitting there just all content the way a Christian should be. It was a good thing her husband wasn't there spoiling the moment. And she said, all of a sudden, she said, they called my name. And she said, I got up, and she, somehow they, they, they put her name where it belonged, I guess, between some people, and she got in there and got out of there. But, you know, when I think about this matter of waiting, providential delays, they're not easy. Waiting on God. Some of you this morning, you're waiting for God to do something in your life. Can I tell you, it will happen but it's not going to happen until God's timing. God will bring it about. But until that happens, we have to focus on God, have faith in God. And all of this will increase our dependence on the Lord. So Joseph had providential delays. But notice also some providential dreams. Go back to your Bible in chapter 41. And look what the Bible says. It came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed... And behold, he stood by the river. Behold, there came up out of the river, now watch this, seven well-favored, kine, and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. Now, a kine is a cow, okay? Could be a heifer or whatever, but it's a cow. Now, notice here, it says they were fat-fleshed. They were very well-endowed, they were well-favored. But in verse 3, and behold, seven other kine came up after them out of the river. Notice these seven were ill-favored. They were lean-fleshed. They stood by the other kine, the other cows, upon the brink of the river. So you have seven fat cows and seven skinny cows. I'd be among those fat cows myself. <laughs> and so the Bible says in verse number five, and he's, uh, verse number four, the ill-favored... And the lean flesh kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind, so Pharaoh awoke. So do you get it? Here's the, he sees in his dream seven well-to-do cows, seven very anemic cows. They're standing there, and then all of a sudden the ill cows eat the fat cows. And so there was 14, now there's only seven. Are you with me? Now let's read on. Verse number five, he slept and dreamed the second time. Behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. Now that word rank means that they were full, they were plump. In other words, even for corn, they were, they were fat. There, there, was, there was some health to them. And the Bible says in verse six, in the second dream, behold, seven thin ears. And blasted with the east wind, sprang up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So just like the cows, the corn was the same thing. Here's seven well, these, 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 these corn, they were, they, were, they were fat, they were plump, 
Here's some that, that really were, were not doing well. They were about to die from the heat. They had been blasted. And all of a sudden, notice, he wakes because the seven thin ears blasted with, sprang up after them. And the seven thin ears, thin ears, verse number seven, devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and it was a dream. And it came to pass, verse eight, in the morning, that his spirit was troubled. Anybody ever had a bad dream? You know? It says here he was troubled. The Bible says he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, and there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Now, the word magician basically deals with, and, and it's still true today, it were people that were diviners, they were astrologers. A lot of people that are, that are caught up in, in things that honestly are satanic today. A lot of people reading tarot cards, all kinds of things like that. Listen, folks, can I tell you that none of that is of God, all right? And so we see here that, that Pharaoh has these dreams, and the, the dreams that Pharaoh had, they caused much concern. The word there in verse number 8, he was troubled. That means he was greatly distressed. Uh, he was disturbed by what he dreamed, and so what does he do? He calls for all the wise men, all the magicians, the people that, as he called them, that somehow in that day they were, they were supposed to have the ability to communicate to him, to tell him what those dreams meant. He, they would call on their Egyptian gods, little letter G, there's only one God, that is the Lord God, but yet they had their gods and they were to share with Pharaoh the counsel of their gods. But the Bible tells us that they could not interpret the dreams. I think it's kind of interesting, and I think, again, it's the unseen hand of God. God actually caused the minds of those uh, magicians and those wise men to be clothed. clothed. They could not understand. So here they were. They're, they're standing before Pharaoh going, I don't know. I don't have a clue. Now, can I tell you that if that was your job to share what maybe a dream was about and you could not do that, that's very dangerous. You're not able to do your job to the most powerful man in the world at that time. But again, what was God doing? God was working behind the scenes. God was trying to accomplish his perfect plan, not only in the life of Joseph, but for the people of the time. So Joseph, notice here, he, God sent the dream to, Joseph, to Pharaoh, and, and so God also sent the blank minds to Pharaoh's counselors, and Pharaoh and his men, they thought that in this day that they were living in, that they were in control. Pharaoh thought, I'm the most powerful man, I'm the most influential man, I surround myself with counselors and magicians and wise people that can tell me. In other words, they thought, hey, we are in control. And even in our Sunday school hour this morning, we talked about the fact how many people do not want to depend on God. They want to depend upon themselves, what they can do, and how they can get by without any help, without God, with anyone else. And that is exactly what we see with Pharaoh here. But the truth is, as you study the Word of God, you know what you find is? God was in full control. Pharaoh was not in control. Joseph was not in control. God was in control of all things. The Bible says in Proverbs 21, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Even as the rivers of water, 
he turneth it, God turneth it, the heart of the king, whithersoever he will. You see, God is the one that sets up, and God is the one that removes. I know that even as Americans, we're going to have a time uh, coming up in November where we can go to the polls, we can vote. Do you know who's going to be the president? Here it is. Get ready to write this down. Whoever God lets to be the president. That's who's going to be the president. Say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because all things are under his control. And do you remember what happened to Israel? Israel said as a people, hey, listen, all of our neighbors, all of the people around us, they all have a king. We want a king. And God says, listen, there will be no one else before me. And the people kept crying out, we want a king. We want to be just like everybody else. You know what God did? God gave them exactly what they asked for. And where did that get them? You see, when you look at this, understand this morning that even the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 135, whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth and in the seas and in all deep places. God will accomplish his purpose in this world. How many of you believe that? See, understand this morning, it doesn't matter what's going on in this world, and we might take note of it, but understand this morning, God will accomplish his purpose, and the same was true in Joseph's day. Now, one thing you need to understand this morning as we get into this portion is hopefully this morning you're privileged enough to hold a copy of God's word in your hand. If you do, hold it up. And you know what you're holding today? You're not holding a book of man. You're holding God's word. The Holy Bible. But listen to me now. In Joseph's day, God's word, all 66 books, was not yet complete. This was a time when they didn't have the full canon of scriptures, all that we have today. There, we have God's word in its entirety. God, Listen, God warns us not to add to it, nor to take anything away from it. But in Joseph's day, understand here that as we look at this portion of Scripture, God back in that day, not today, but back in that day, God would speak at times. He would speak through dreams, even in the Word of God. You think about Daniel and other portions of the Word of God where we see before the canon was complete. But can I tell you that today, God is not speaking through dreams. God is speaking to us through His Word. And what we need to do is to read and study the Word of God. But people say, well, I just want to know what God thinks. I want to know what God's will is. Listen, open the book and read it. And God will show you what questions you have, what things you might be curious about in your life or how to live your life. But God is speaking to us today through His Word. You know why? Because the Bible is superior to any dream or any vision. And what we need to understand this morning, unlike dreams... The Bible speaks to many subjects. It is far more trustworthy than any other source. Anyone can read it. I love that. From the youngest child to the oldest adult, it has absolute authority. And I love this, that God's word will never fade away. God has promised that it will always be here. And I love the fact that God has given us. Do you think about this today? Where would we be today if we did not have the Bible? That's right. We'd be lost in our sin. It'd be like driving around Pembroke Pines with no speed limits and no police officers. You say, boy, what a great day that'd be. Now, I know some of you drive that way anyway. 
But you see, all of us need guidance in our lives. And that's what the word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God guides us by his word. And as we look at this providential dream, look, put no faith today in the dreams and visions of the night, but instead what we must do is read and study the word of God because God's word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen, the word of God gives us the direction in our lives, but see, in this day, in Joseph's day, God had given him a providential delay, kept him there for over two years, and God had given him a, a Pharaoh these providential dreams, and there was much concern, and God had placed Joseph there like Esther for such a time as this. But then notice providential deliverance in Joseph's life. Let's read on this morning. Look at verse number 9. By the way, in verse number 8, I want to make this comment. Notice the end of verse number 8. The Bible says there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. The word interpret literally carries the idea to open up the understanding of. Nobody can help me, Pharaoh said. None of my magicians, none of my... My wise men, no one can help me. But notice how God is at work in verse 9. The Bible says, Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. <laughs> Just so happened, you know, that all of a sudden it came back to him. You ever have one of those senior moments? Yeah. You know, I'm starting to have more of them. I don't know how old the chief butler was, but he says, hey, wait a minute. I seem to remember something that I promised to someone. Verse 10, Pharaoh was wroth with his servants, and he put me in ward, this is his testimony, in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, and he, I and he, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was with us a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man, according to his dream, he did interpret. And it came to pass, as I interpreted, to, uh, as he interpreted to us, so it was. In other words, it happened just exactly like he said. Me he restored unto my, into my office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon and he shaved himself, changed his raiment, and came in unto Pharaoh. He prepares himself to come into the presence. Here's this chief butler. And he finally shakes off the cobwebs. He says, wait a minute, I, I, I now remember that I promised something to a, to a Hebrew that was in the prison when we were there, when we dreamed the dreams. And he tells Pharaoh the story. We just read it there, how you know, Joseph was able to tell them of their dreams. And yet he lived, the other one did not live. So what does Pharaoh do? Pharaoh delivers Joseph from the prison. He brings him to the palace, of course, after he got a shave and a shower. But do you not see the hand of God in all these events? How God is working. Here's this powerful ruler. Think about this. Not many people got an audience in front of him. That'd be like you and me deciding we were going to go to Washington, D.C., and we were going to just walk into the White House and just walk right in the front door, and 
walk right into the Oval Office and say, okay, President, I want to talk to you. We all know how ridiculous that would be. Because before we even got through the gate to the lawn, we'd be arrested. But here's the most powerful man, and he wouldn't have listened to any prisoner. Listen, to a prisoner? But yet we see here that he did this because he was desperate. He had these dreams. They were troubling him. He wanted some answers. He was willing to listen to anyone that could help him, anyone that could give him an answer. So just like us many times, Pharaoh was the same way. He wanted it, and he wanted it right now. Now, at least he allowed Joseph to shave and shower. Probably, probably was a better meeting, at least it smelled better. But we need to learn here that just like in Joseph's life, in our lives too, God orders events. And the timing of those events, it's very important that we understand that every last thing that happens in our lives is all according to God's schedule. I mean, all of us get impatient. God, how long is this going to last? How long am I going to have to go through this? Why are you allowing this to happen? You have to know if Joseph was in prison for over two years, he was thinking some of the very same thoughts. But God is working here. I mean, I think about the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember when he put his disciples on the boat and they went out on the Sea of Galilee? When did Jesus come to them? Not until the storm. You think about how that, that Lazarus died. When did Jesus come to him? Four days late. You think about Jesus when uh, he went to uh, the, the well and he was there at Jacob's well and the woman came. Jesus was sitting on the well and he had that conversation with the woman. I think about Jesus going to Calvary, dying for the sins of the world, for my sins and for your sins. I think about when Jesus was raised from the dead. What's the answer to all of these questions? The answer is that in every situation, he was right on time. God's never late. Now, here's the hard part. God's timing is not our timing. Have you figured that out yet? We want, we're like Pharaoh. We want it, and we want it right now. God doesn't always work that way. And so I see here Joseph and God's providence in his life. But notice, secondly, Joseph and Pharaoh. Let's, let's pick up the passage in verse 15. The Bible says in verse 15, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, here he is standing in front of Pharaoh, he says, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. By the way, that word peace, there's our theme for the year. That's the word shalom. He says, Look, God will give you a soundness. God will give you health. In other words, Joseph is saying, It is well. So verse 17, Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river, and behold, there came up out of the river, and he begins to rehearse. He says, Seven kind, fat flesh, well-favored, they fed in a meadow. Behold, the seven other kind came up after them, poor and, and very ill-favored, lean flesh, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for, for badness. And, and the lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kind. And when they had eaten him up, look at this. It could not be known that they had eaten them. You couldn't tell. 
They were still ill-favored, the Bible says, as at the beginning. And he says, so I awoke, and I saw my dream, and behold, seven ears, second dream, came up in, on one stalk, full and good. Behold, seven ears withered, thin, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them, and the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. He says, I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could in, uh, declare it, interpret it for me. No one could tell it to me. Nobody could give me the report of what it was about. And verse 25, Joseph said unto Pharaoh, here it is, the dream of Pharaoh is one. He said, the dream about the cows, the dream about the corn, he says it's one dream. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years. The seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. The seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which... I have spoken unto Pharaoh what God is about to do. He showeth it unto Pharaoh. Behold, there, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall rise after them. Just like the seven uh, fattened cows, that the seven thin came up after them. He says, there shall arise after the seven years of famine that come after the seven years of plenteous. And he says, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume. Just like you couldn't tell that the thin cows, the ill cows, ate the fattened cows, and you couldn't even tell that they had done that. The Bible says in verse 31, The plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. That word grievous means very difficult, very hard. And the Bible says, And for that, the dream was doubled. Remember, he had the cows and the corn. The dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God. It is set up by God. It has been determined by God. And God will shortly bring it to pass. So here we find what is Joseph doing. Notice as he stands before Pharaoh, watch this, his profession. Now we're not talking about a job when I say profession. Notice a couple times in our passage how Joseph says, look, God is about to show you what he's going to do. This is all the hand of God. God has established it. I hope that you have saw that as you look at the word of God, because Joseph heard the dreams and he knew that Pharaoh was troubled. And Joseph stands before this powerful man displaying true humility. But you know what he was doing? He was pointing Pharaoh to the Lord. He was saying, look, this is all God's doing. Joseph was saying, look, you need to understand, this is the God that I love. This is the God that I had served. And what's unique about Joseph is, with all that he had been through, remember, he had just been taken out of the prison that he had been in for two years. I don't know how he was treated, but look here. I've never been there, but as far as I'm concerned, prison is prison. I don't ever want to go. And so understand, now if you want to know what prison is like, you can ask Brother Kenny. But here's the thing is... Joseph was looking for a way to bring honor and glory to the Lord, even standing before Pharaoh. He saw God's hand at work, the providence of God. And so you know what he does? He seizes the opportunity. He begins to talk about how that everything that, that has been showed to Pharaoh, 
his dreams, that it was all about God. Joseph said, look, I don't matter. The only thing that matters here is God. And he's pointing this out. God is ordering the every moment of our lives. The Bible says in Proverbs 37, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. See, God's working in every detail of your life. We know this verse. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You know, like Joseph, we should be doing the very same thing in our lives while we're waiting on the Lord is, God, give me opportunities while I am waiting to magnify you. Here's, here's, here's an instance. Let's say you're in that waiting room in the emergency room. And you know what everybody else is doing that's sitting around you? Waiting. So while you're waiting, you look over and say, Hi, my name is Dane. Do you go to church around here anywhere? I go to church at Bible Baptist Church over here. Do you know that Paul did some of his best witnessing for the Lord when he was in prison? You see, God gives us opportunities. But most of the time, here we are. Here I am, Lord, I'm in prison. I mean, why'd you put me here? It's just not fair. I've been living for you. I've been reading your word. God says, look, I put you there for a purpose. Don't you understand? I'm giving you opportunities. And we should always be lifting up his name. Hey, remember what Paul and Silas did at midnight while their feet and, and, and hands were in the stocks in chains? They began to sing praises unto God. I'm sure Paul could not sing on key. I'm sure that Paul couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. But I'll tell you what, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, even at midnight in a prison. All the other prisoners, hey, you know what? They couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't get away from Paul and Silas praising God. Paul didn't know what was going to happen, just like Peter when he was in prison. But what was he doing? He was patiently waiting on the Lord. Joseph was too. And so, listen, when things like this happen in our lives, you and I get it all wrong. We think that it is us that matters. Can we take a lesson from Joseph today? The only thing that matters is the Lord. And that's exactly what Joseph was doing when he was professing the Lord to Pharaoh. Notice not only his profession, but his plan. Let's pick it up in verse 33. Look what the Bible says. Now, therefore, he says, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise. Set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers. Now, remember, as Joseph is saying this to him, this is a prisoner that is telling the, the monarch, the Pharaoh of the land, what he ought to do. Pretty bold. But the Bible says that he says to him, let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint officers over the land. Take up the fifth part of the land in Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. What a plan. I mean, I look at what the Word of God is teaching here, how, how Joseph knew that God was in this moment, and he begins to tell Pharaoh 
what is about to happen. But listen, he also tells him what he needs to do. And he gives him this plan threefold. Look at it. Is, and by the way, I have to believe because he was a prisoner and he knew his place and he knew God was in this, he wasn't telling Pharaoh, he was recommending. So what is his recommendations? Well, the first thing he recommends is that, that he, would, he would find somebody that was wise enough, smart enough to oversee this whole project. You know, you got to have somebody that knows how to do that. you got to have a manager, somebody that's going to oversee this big project for a 14-year period. And then the second recommendation is, is that he would gather one-fifth or 20% of all the food produced in that seven years of plenty. And then the third part was that he would store that food and use that food when the seven years of famine came to feed all the population during the seven years of famine. Now, the plan was excellent. As a matter of fact, it was a very simple but very effective plan. The people, if it was, if it was worked properly, all the people of the land would not starve to death during the seven years of famine. And this plan, here's what I love about it, it did not originate with Joseph. God put it in the heart of Joseph. God was the one that helped Joseph understand this is how you're going to help the Pharaoh and all these people. God used a slave. Think about this. A slave to set the policy for a kingdom. (laughs) God uses some of the most unlikely circumstances and some of the most unlikely candidates to do his work. Look in your notes there, 1 Corinthians 1. You see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Notice that list there. It says wise men, mighty men, noblemen, not many of them are called. But God had chosen what? The foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Why does God do that? Why does God choose base things and humble things and weak things instead of mighty things and noble things? And here's the answer, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Can I just say it this way this morning? To God be the glory. We should never take the credit. Joseph wasn't interested in taking the credit, yes, I told the butler and the baker. Yes, I just told you. Joseph did not do that. His plan was simple. Notice thirdly this morning, not only Joseph before Pharaoh, but we see Joseph then, and again, this was God's working, Joseph and his promotion. Three things I see here. He has a new position in verse 37. Look, because of the plan, he shared the plan The Bible says in verse 37, the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this is? A man in whom the Spirit of God is? Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto my word shall all my people be ruled Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took 
off his ring from his hand and he put it on Joseph's hand. And notice he arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, put a gold chain about his neck, and he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Now here, notice in his position how Joseph here, that, that it was Pharaoh that decided, hey, look, he says, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, I'm going through everybody that I have working for me, I, I can't think of one person, oh wait, what about you? I mean, if you were able to tell me this great plan, he says, I don't think if I looked around, I don't think if I spent a couple years, I don't think I could find anyone as wise as you, Joseph. And so Joseph, in a moment, goes from being a prisoner to second in command under Pharaoh. I mean, Joseph was promoted. He was in the prison. You remember how he was over a few prisoners? Not anymore. No, no longer. Now he was going to be ruling a whole nation. He, the Pharaoh had given him all the rights, all the privileges, all the powers of a king. No one but God could accomplish something of this magnitude. God was the one that brought this around. Pharaoh even recognized, and he commented a couple times to Joseph, and God recorded it in his word, how he recognized that the hand of the Lord was upon Joseph's life. It's kind of interesting, in Pharaoh's roundabout way, even Pharaoh gives glory to God. That God put Joseph where he did. And so notice his new position. But I just mentioned, letter B, his new power, how he begins to, to get some things from Pharaoh. Pharaoh gives him some emblems that all stand for authority and how he was placed, first of all, in the second chariot behind Pharaoh. How about this? Everywhere Joseph was now going to go, that as he came in contact with people, they were commanded to bow the knee. It's kind of interesting. They're bowing the knee to somebody is a way to show respect and reverence to them. And as I look at this, I see the changes, how in one day the slave becomes a sovereign. People are respecting him. People are reverencing him. What a change in Joseph's life. Hey, listen, he was in the prison, but because God was at work in his life, we see now he has been placed in the palace and he has a new position, he has a new power, and he is given some new possessions. Back in verse number 42, the Bible says that Pharaoh gives him a ring, and that ring symbolizes Joseph's authority. Watch this. He can't act as Pharaoh because he's not Pharaoh, but he can act on behalf of Pharaoh. He's given a ring, and everybody knew what that ring symbolized. He was also given a robe. The Bible mentions vestures of fine linen. These were things only wore by the rulers of the land. And, and you think about this. Joseph was given a, a special robe by his father, and he lost that when he, got, when he fled from Potiphar's wife. But here he is given a, a new robe. Many believe that Joseph kept that robe, that he kept those vestures for a period of about 80 years of his life. 
And so he's given a, a ring and he's given some, some vestures, a robe. He's given a gold chain. And when you think about that chain, everybody that saw that gold chain about his neck, they knew that that, that, that actually meant that Joseph was to be revered and respect as people passed by. They were to, to bow down. Hey, does that bring to your mind what the Bible gave us in Genesis 37? Remember how Joseph dreamed a dream? Remember how he told that dream to his brothers? His brothers didn't like that. About those stalks that were going to, those sheaves and how they were going to bow down. Joseph told it to his father. And the Bible says that they were going to make obeisance. They were going to bow. Isn't it interesting here? Now Joseph, by God, listen to me, he's been taken out of the prison, put in the palace, and now everyone in the land is going to bow down to Joseph. You know what God was beginning to do? He was beginning to fulfill the dream. You know what God will do if you stay faithful? He will fulfill the dreams that he's put in your heart. God will bring to pass everything. Now look, you might be sitting in the prison today saying, I just can't see that, Pastor. You know why? Because you're in the waiting room. But even in the waiting room, it is well. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, the Bible says in Psalm 25, Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day long. See, a lot of people would have said, Hey, Joseph, why do you stay true to this God of yours? I mean, you've been here over two years, Joseph, and what's it gotten you? Joseph said, look, you don't know my God. My God is able to deliver. Wherever you're at today, whatever's going on in your life, can I tell you that God can and God will deliver you. Are you patiently waiting on him? Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Are you here this morning? And in your life, you've never had a time that you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. If today was your last day on this earth, do you know for sure that you'll spend eternity with the Lord? Has that not been settled in your life, in your heart? The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. You see, what was special to Joseph was he knew the Lord. And if you've never had a time in your life that you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you see, he came and died for your sins. And the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is of the Lord. It's not of man. You can't save yourself. You can't get to heaven on your own. Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, and you're looking for that peace that only God can give. Today, why don't you, 
why don't you cry out to God, pray to God and say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you today to forgive me of the sin in my life. Come into my heart and be my Savior. The Bible says if you call upon the name of the Lord, He will save you. If you've never done that today, if you've never done that in your life right now, would you pray a prayer to God, a prayer something like this? Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you today to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be my Savior. I wonder this morning, did anyone pray that prayer? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Would you slip your hand up this morning if you want to acknowledge this morning, Pastor, I just prayed that prayer. I invited Jesus into my life. I know that Jesus died for my sins, and I just ask him to give me eternal life. Anyone at all, slip your hand up. You can put it right back down. I prayed that prayer. I see that hand. Anyone else, you put your hand up, put it right back down. Pastor, I wasn't sure, but I just prayed, and I asked Jesus to save me from my sins. Anyone else? How about you, Christians? Many in this room this morning have had that moment of, time in your life where you have received the Lord how many of you have found yourself where Joseph found himself not necessarily behind bars but in some circumstance some situation that you view as prison and you feel all alone you almost feel like at times that God has forgotten you would you slip your hand up if you say that's where I'm at that's what's going on in my life I see those hands, you can put them down. You see, God is faithful all the time. God is faithful on the mountain, and he's faithful in the valley. This morning, wherever you're at, Christian, in just a moment when the piano begins to play, I want to invite you, would you come and spend time with the Lord and ask the Lord to give you what Joseph had, and that was a peace in the providence of God, knowing that all things work together for good. Would you stand with me to your feet this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed?